Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of the Crease Dive. Today is Tuesday, May 17th, and the Blue Hens of Delaware have saved the NCAA lacrosse tournament. I'm Jordy from Barstool. With me, as always, we've got Dukes on the mic. Uh, Dukes just wrapped up first weekend of the NCAA tournament. First round, all those eight games have come and gone. Uh, overall, pretty decent. I mean, it was, it was a, it was a good solid weekend of lacrosse, but, uh, not a ton of intrigue until we got to the final game of the weekend with Delaware knocking off Georgetown. So how'd you feel after the first weekend of the tourney? It just felt like we were missing something. You know what I mean? Like maybe like a championship contender, maybe, maybe, maybe missing maybe fighting someone. Irish. Yeah. Maybe the fighting Irish Duke. I mean, it was tough. It's tough for the NCAA committee, Donna. You fucking bitch. It's fucking. It's tough for her for her two her, for her two bubble teams basically get waxed. The Ohio State and Harvard. I mean, obviously Ohio State was up in the beginning of the game and everything, but waxed. It's it was just a tough look. We said the, what's what's the worst possible things that could happen in, in the beginning of the Ohio State game. We said Ohio State getting waxed, but it looks like they could keep it close. They didn't. They lost by seven, and then Harvard. Kind of gave a fight, and then in the second half, just got washed away. So everything bad that could happen for the committee happened. Clearly, Notre Dame should have been in. We can get over it now. But then, then you start looking at the schedule for next week, and you got Maryland matched up with Virginia, which that's like a national championship game for the quarterfinals. So this whole tournament, in my opinion, is well, a shit well, show. Well, one, I love – I love what the tournament decided to do with this. So, I mean, they look at all the matchups in the quarterfinals. They know that Maryland, Virginia should have been a matchup that happened Memorial Day weekend. So what did they go out and do? They made sure that Maryland and Virginia was the uh, the 2.30 game on Sunday. So is it a quarterfinal game? Sure, but it's it's the last one. It's the closest you can get before... Yeah, it's it's the game, right? Like, that's that's the premier game. We're going to... Oh, should we announce that? We're streaming it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we just get people... Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I mean, if, if anyone, if you guys are listening right now and you tuned in to the uh, to our live stream on Sunday, we did the uh, we did the what, what games did we do? We did Cornell, Ohio State, and then we did Rutgers, Harvard. Uh, if you guys enjoyed that, we'll be running it back for the Sunday game at two thirty, the Maryland Virginia game. Um, I mean, just just classic Donna again. I mean, we we decide that we're going to set up our first first live stream for these tournament games. And what happens? We, we decide that we're going to go with the, with the Cornell Ohio state game. And we get a weather delay at about two 20 when the game's supposed to get going at two 30, that game doesn't get started for like 40 minutes late. Uh, you know, so then we're just, I mean, Brett Dobson, what, what an all time, what an all time guy, great locker room guy. I, I think, uh, you know, I think, yeah. yeah, I think the archers are going to love to have him, but I mean, just, just to come on and just chat through a weather delay with us for that long. Uh, okay. was great. Then I'm, then the game gets started. We get about like a quarter and like two minutes into it, and uh, they get hit with another weather delay. So, uh, I mean, the live stream besides the weather, Donna, you idiot, uh, pretty pretty solid success, I thought. Yeah, and also if you guys just want to go back to our YouTube and watch it, just <clears throat> skip to like the interviews. We're just shooting the shit with some of these players. We had Marcus Holman on, Brett Dobson was a was a cool guy to have on. Will Perry, we talked about the goalie challenge I had with him. Just talked about maybe running it back, but overall, I thought. It was pretty funny, pretty fun. And I, I think the Virginia-Maryland game will be entertaining as hell. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, like, if you, if you didn't catch the live stream or you didn't catch all of it, like, I would definitely go back and listen because it wasn't like we were, like, 
talking about the games. Yeah, it was, it's not like we were talking too much about the games. Like it was mostly just watching with your friends, some of those guys. Um, I mean, speaking of the game, listen, we're we're gonna recap these uh, these first round games. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm just gonna mention it right now because if I don't, like, I, I feel like I'm gonna it's gonna be in the back of my head the whole time. I know my voice probably sounds like shit right now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to to mute the mic anytime I have to cough or do a little bit of a little bit of sniffles. Um, this is my Jordan flu game right now, so I'm I'm playing hurt, uh, but but we're gonna get through it. So if Not you're listening, good. yeah, if, if you're listening to this right now and you're like, dude, you sound like fucking shit, you're ruining my ears. Um, just turn down the volume a little bit, you'll be all right, you'll get over it. Um, now, who's not going to get over it is uh, BU thinking back on that performance that they had against Princeton to open up the tournament. Talk yeah. about a stinker of a game to get the 2022 college tournament going. Yeah, I'll be honest. I turned it off at one point. It was a sloppy game. It was not fun to watch. I watched probably like the first, second, half of the third, and then I was like, I'm going to get a nap before the 2.30 game because I was like, I woke up, I woke up a little under the weather, should I say. Um, long, long Friday night with some friends. So I was like, this is the time to take a nap. It was a nap game. I don't think Princeton particularly looked good. I think BU made them look like look better than look better than they played. If that makes sense. I thought Princeton played a little sloppy. Um, yeah. I, I think they can't play that way against Yale in the quarterfinals. But look, I think that BU, there was a lot of talk about them coming in. There's, we talked about the rest versus rust and, Princeton got the win. And look, it's a premier program that's been absent from tournament success since the departure of Bill Tierney. And they're on the cusp of the final four. And the last time that they played was a 2020 season with Michael Sowers. So is Princeton back? I mean, they're on the cusp. Yeah. I mean, I I would say so. And like these games were a little tough. You can't take it like for exactly what it was because weather did play into a lot of these games, whether it was, you know, teams having to sit in the locker room for an extra 40 minutes because of a delay. Um, I mean, there was some rain going in that Princeton BU game. There was some rain going, a lot of rain actually in the uh, Penn Richmond game. So like, who, who knows? I mean, if we run it back this, this weekend when, well, I mean, Saturday's supposed to be like 94 here in Philly. So I'd imagine it's probably going to be the same on the Island. Um, it is. I saw 90. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty steamy out there. So, I mean, a little bit different uh, conditions this coming weekend. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't think that Princeton looked like great. Like they didn't look like they were like super crisp, Um, but I'm a huge Sam English, like Sam English in that game. I I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't watching close enough, um, but just quick as could be. Like, I feel like every time he has the ball, like he's just one of those, like, those bouncy offensive guys who like never really seems to be uh, in too much trouble in terms of like running them. Like he's just bopping all around super quick bounces in and out. Like has to be a nightmare for uh, Mm -hmm. defenders to go up against. So I feel like when you're playing a game where maybe the sticks aren't going to be there, like just because of weather having guys like that's definitely going to help you out. So he had three goals on the day. Uh, Alex Slusher had three goals on the day, Chris Brown with five assists. So um, yeah, I mean, but BU looked terrible. So like good win for Princeton to get that under their belt. But I, I, I can't imagine that there were many teams that were going to lose to BU with that effort that they put out there. And uh, Tyler Sandoval from the face off extra Princeton. I think he's a weapon. He he's a legitimate 
I remember him being a legitimate Long Island faceoff guy coming up. So I saw him have a lot of success Saturday. It will be interesting to see how Yale we'll, we'll get more into that in the next episode, but it'll be interesting to see how, how Yale responds to, to his game. And if they, they throw, you know, cause they, they were struggling a little bit, a little bit against Zach Cole and they threw in some different options at the end of the game. So it'll be, that'll be an interesting matchup. Just looking forward to, uh, we'll get more into that in the next episode though. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So Princeton moves on and, and again, like it's, I don't know. I, I saw people like already bitching about the selection committee, like when BU was getting torched and I was like, all right, well, listen up, you idiots. Like, it's not like the selection committee could do anything about that. Like BU won the Patriot. Like they were going to get in with the AQ. It's not like they were in that large. Um, and they were playing pretty well heading into it. Like those wins against Lehigh and Army yep. were, were really solid wins. So I was expecting, I wasn't expecting BU to win, but I was definitely expecting more. Um, so tough way for them to go out, but Princeton moves on. The second game on Sunday, Penn getting everything that they could handle and then some out of the Richmond spiders. Um, I loved, I love this game for Richmond. I think that, you know, that's a program where like they're, they're gonna, they're gonna crack through one of these times. I, I, I think that, I think that a tournament, yeah. Tournament win very, very close for them. Um, so, I mean, they were just one overtime goal away from making it happen against Penn. They were actually like 20, I don't know, like 28 to 24 seconds away from getting it done in regulation beside, before uh, Ben Smith decided to score his fourth goal of the game to tie it up and send it to overtime where Ben Smith eventually had uh, the game winner, then hit the dead fish, Selly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that game was super entertaining. Uh, a lot of back and forth action. Uh, you know, some, some really good stuff out of Richmond's offensive guys like Lanchbury, Madonna. Um, and then, you know, we got, we got to see some Sam Hanley just being bigger, faster, stronger than everybody. And that's, that's what we love to see out of this Penn offense. Uh, BJ Farrar just running up and down the field with the ball in a stick, just looking incredible. Um, not really like the cleanest game of all time, but again, like rain was a, was a massive factor in that one. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was a little heartbroken for Richmond. I thought that this, you just see the way it's coming down. I think that Richmond could have broken through this year and made the final four and been one of those teams that, you know, you look, you look at it like, Oh wow. They were in the final four that year. That's kind of surprising. I forgot about that team. Um, Lanchbury. I don't know if he has one more year of eligibility or not, but if not tip my cap to him for a hell of a career, I think he's an awesome player who definitely should deserve a shot in the PLL soft hands, good shooter, um, good glue guy. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of his game. I was heartbroken for Richmond. Penn looks the part. I mean, Penn, Penn knows how to if, – if anything, they know how to win a close game. Um, I thought that going into it, I said, hey, if this one's close, Shipley's going to get it done for them. Ben Smith, tip my cap to him, game winner, and, and, and then tie it up to go to overtime. Um, nothing more I can say about Penn, but look, they're, it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot on Saturday. They're going to need some people to, to step up and, and provide some depth. Well, yeah. I mean, especially because I don't know. I don't know if, if, if he got hit. I feel like I remember seeing a time where, uh, where Sam Hanley ended up on the ground. So I don't know if it was like something that was hurting him or maybe he was just gassed. But like there were, there were a lot of times where they showed uh, Sam Hanley coming off the field and going to the sideline like, tipping the helmet up and he just looked like he was spent. Um, so they're definitely going to have to figure out a way to, um, I don't know, like, I, it's not like you can cut back his workload in a game 
as like at this point in the season, but you got to find a way to, to kind of help them out in that regard. I'm also interested. I'm going to look this up for next episode, which teams are still in school. So, you know, I know Delaware. So this is just, this is a little bit off the cusp, but like I know Delaware for a fact goes late. So they're definitely still in school. So the, I'm just going to start looking up the next episode, which, which teams are still in school. Cause if, you, if there's Ivy still in school, that ain't no joke. They have finals week. Like <laughs> that's going to be maybe swaying our decision on who's going to win these games. Yeah. Um, damn it. I, I, I can't believe that I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, Penn defender. He's a, he's a Philly kid too. Um, but they were talking about his, uh, his, his major. And he was taught like, uh, he, he was giving speeches to like Congress about nine 11 or some shit like that. Um, Peter Blake. No. Oh, you know what? That, that might've even been in, in the Prince Princeton game, but either way, I mean, same thing applies. Philly there. kid. I mean, that, <laughs> Philly kid. Yeah. I mean, Philly kid in the Ivy who's got some like ridiculous major yeah. and has, has like a shit ton of on his plate outside of lacrosse. And now you make him, I'm, now again, like these are just Ivy kids, so they'll they'll figure it out somehow. Um, but that is a good call, dude. So like, I, I feel like I, I feel like some people can make a little bit of money uh, off off of that. Just, just knowing which more than yeah. the game, it's more than a game. Student athlete, not athlete student. Also, uh, shout out to the Princeton faceoff guy Tyler Sandoval. He has a good TikTok page where he goes through like the day in life of a D one player. Check it out. He's like a he's like a medical student, like going to medical medical school and all this shit. So sometimes when I see him pop up on my t- TikTok for you page, I'm just like, I don't get how, how you do that. Wake up. At well, I mean, that's just, go to that's, the just doc, that's just Dr. Ben Reeves. Uh, yeah. I, I, like, Went to I, too. What, what, what the hell was his, his major? Like I, I need a bio neurology. Yeah. Something like doctorish. Yeah. I mean, hard for most people to even say what his major is and yeah. That's what this guy's studying as he's just out there being the best lacrosse player in the country. Um, speaking of Ben Reeves and Yale. So, uh, I mean that, that Yale St. Joe's game. Okay. So obviously Delaware Georgetown was awesome because of the result, but I would say as far as a lacrosse game goes in the first round, this was, this was the best game. Like this, this was the game that had, the most back and forth that had like the best overall across uh, St. Joe's giving Yale everything that they could handle. Um, also, I mean, just, just the atmosphere, like just the, you know, the aesthetics of uh, Yale's facilities just as a background was, was really great to see. I mean, Joe Sai just uh, opened it up the checkbook for that one place looks phenomenal. I guess you get what you pay for. Um, but I mean, th- this is a game that a lot of people, are going to be St. Joe's fans after this one. Um, you know, if, if, you know, if anyone in the Philly area, like remembers the, um, you know, the Delonte West. And again, I'm, I'm terrible with names right now. Jameer I, I don't Nelson. Know. Yeah. Jameer Nelson. Holy shit. Um, but like kind of just some, some shades of, of that, uh, you know, sweet 16 run from, from St. Joe's in basketball years ago. Uh, so, I mean, that, that was just a great game to watch from pretty much start to finish. Yeah, that was definitely the most exciting up-tempo game. I think that a lot of players, a lot of fans, sorry, were introduced to players like like Levi Anderson, who is a bulldozer, shoots it angry. Um, St. Joe's is a really fun team to watch. It's crazy to think, we were talking about it a little bit on the live stream, if Mike Adler decided to stay at St. Joe's, do they get the win potentially? Because he got an All-American in cage. 
So, yeah, I think that that was definitely my favorite game aesthetically to watch. I think that every, I think that if, if I had a recommendation to a program right now, I would get yourself a Joe Sai. Um, I'd get a new facility, a new locker room, new field. Try to do what Yale's doing because that field looks awesome. I'll, I'll get a billionaire to help out your program. Yeah, I mean, just go out there. Like, if, if you're a coach and you're trying to build a program, yeah, like, you want to go out and you want to find the best high school lacrosse players in the country or in North America or wherever you're going to get them from. But at the same time, look around on just who's got a billionaire dad and just invite them to the program, get them indoctrinated in, into the program. And then, uh, you know, may, maybe the dad will open up his checkbook and you guys will get yourself a brand new facility and you'll be able to compete with Yale. Cause that was, I mean, such, such a sick venue. So yeah, that was remar- remarkable. And I mean, I said it a little bit before talking about Princeton, but yeah, James Ball steps into that game. He hasn't really taken a bunch of face-offs this year. Takes one to the cage right away. Scores on like his first face-off. That was cool to watch. And yeah, the, I think that was basically in the third quarter. Yale just really began to take over Matt Brandau. Played like played like a Touraton finalist on Saturday. Probably should have been one. But but how but how nice is it to be a guy who's towards and caliber like that? But then at the same time, you've got two just insane freshmen who you can just get the ball to and know that they're going to make something happen with it. Chris Lyons, three and three on the day. And then Leo Johnson, what a game out of Leo Johnson. Just yeah. huge goals. Uh, he had four on the day, two assists as well. So I mean, Yale, that's like, this is, I, th- I think we were talking about it with Larkin, uh, uh, maybe not the last time he was on, but the time before it, where we're talking about how, you know, Yale is known for being like the biggest bunch of dickheads, especially like in the tournament, but having those two years off from playing, like now you have all these kids coming into this program who just haven't been around for that and haven't had the experience being the biggest assholes on the planet. And, you know, to be able to get guys like Leo Johnson and Chris Lyons to go out there and have huge moments in the tournament, like that now gives them the comfortability, like it, but it gives them the comfortability in their role to go into this next game, especially against an Ivy league opponent where they're going to be shitting on each other anyway. And just, just really turn, like just go all in on that heel role that Yale has, has played as just dickhead competitors. And look, I'm, I don't, I hate, I hate when sometimes I sometimes I do this, but all I'll say is if Yale wins next weekend, it would be three final fours in a row that they were eligible for. So that's, they're right there for best program talk. It's not like really a difference between the Ivies and the ACC. Yale's, Yale's right there in regards with talent and everything. Yeah, I mean, Maryland's probably still the standard as far as getting, getting to, to the Final, final Fours. For, for sure. I mean, but that's, yeah, they're, they're Michigan State. Get to the Final Four, lose the Final Four. There you go. Um, I, like, Yale getting to the Final Four, I think, is, I mean, just, just as, a, as, a, as a Bulldog fan, like, as of the breed of dog, I'm, I'm always a huge fan because when they're playing in the Final Four, that means we're always going to get a ton of shots on ESPN of Handsome Dan. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to complain again about that. So the more handsome Dan, uh, coverage on the broadcast, the better always. I always love, like, I mean, final four Memorial day weekend, typically mother nature is going to make it a little, little hot, going to turn up the temps a little bit. So they'll always bring handsome Dan and nice little, like, kiddie pool, 
like, like a kiddie pool, like foot filled with ice and he'll just go in there and just run amok, have himself a day. Um, so I, again, I'm, I'm not opposed to seeing some more uh, handsome Dan content as this tournament keeps going. So, uh, but yeah, Yale, like be, being able to pull off that win was definitely huge for keeping that like, cause this, this was like you said, like this is a, um, you know, a program that's trying to really solidify themselves as a, as a mainstay at championship weekend. Um, I think that a loss to St. Joe's in the first round, regardless of how well St. Joe's was playing would really put a, put a knock on that, uh, you know, of them stamping themselves as that, elite program. Um, so to be able to fight through all those punches that St. Joe's threw their way, um, fight through all those punches that, uh, post game intern Coolin threw their way with two huge goals and an assist, um, that speak, yeah, it speaks dividends to them as a program. Yeah. I also think, I also just think that and not, 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 not enough words to describe Andy Shea and what he's done to develop this team that lost to Penn state go to the Ivy League championship, lose to Penn. And look, this St. Joe's team, they were on the cusp last year of being a team that if they made the tournament last year, a lot of people would have talked about them in the same regard. Basically the same exact team, makeup of the team. They were, they, they didn't play as tough opponents because of the COVID year or whatnot, but St. Joe's was hungry coming into this year. They knew that they didn't want to, they had the sour taste in their mouth, losing to Bryant in their conference championship game. So yeah, I mean, look, also, we talked about this on the broadcast. The A-10, what, you had Richmond in, you had St. Joe's in. The A-10 is, it's a, it might be a little cross-conference. Just get Dayton in there, and who knows? We'll, we'll, muck, we'll muck it up. We'll win a championship, bring it back to the A-10. I mean, like, I, but, like, maybe some of that, I don't know. I, I think that you're probably pretty serious when you're saying that. Maybe, like, there's, like, the tiniest bit of chest no, behind serious. it. Yeah. Well, I think, like, not only that, but, like, having those teams – like sure, the the SoCon in recent years has has picked up with High Point, Richmond, and Jacksonville. Like so, now they can kind of battle test each other. But like you still have games like VMI on the schedule where it's like, all right, like what I like. But it, the A ten, like you have yes, yeah, St. Joe's, Richmond, um, UMass, Dayton, uh, Bonnie's, <laughs> Dayton, Bonnie's. Um, but like you're you're getting like that conference right there. Like you're you're going to be playing teams that you need to figure out ways to be, to get you ready for an NCAA tournament uh, experience. Like you're not going to get that in the Mac. Uh, it's it's going to be tough to really get that in the NEC. Um, so, you know, having those games built into your schedule would be huge. If you're looking at teams that the A-10 would have to add, and like, this is joke, but like, I, I do want to publicly speak for the A-10. And I really think that you get lacrosse. URI just was in the MCLA D- D2 championship. So that's like a Northeast team that you could definitely see like, well, why don't I have a program? Dayton's won MCLA Division II championships. It's a great, it's a great school, fun. Definitely you can see like lacrosse players wanting to go there. And you already have programs like Richmond, Bonnie's, UMass. Um, you have St. Joe's, Richmond, and then LaSalle. Imagine those LaSalle, the LaSalle uh, Explorers against the St. Joe's. Come on. I mean, Hall Kill would be buzzing. I, I don't foresee LaSalle getting a men's no, program no. anytime soon. Get a, but... get a new basketball arena first. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, three games to start the, the tournament on Saturday, three Ivy wins. Then we had our fourth Ivy game of the weekend. Um, obviously the one that I think the most people were excited for, uh, this, this Brown bears hosting the two time defending champ, 
uh, Virginia Cavaliers, Lars Tiffany making his way back into town. The tailgate was buzzing. The Tito's was flowing by noon for a 7:30 game. Uh, and as soon as this game got going, Connor Schellenberger put two quick goals in the back of the net. Uh, Dukes, I, I think I texted you maybe within like three minutes of this game starting. And I said, I was so wrong. Maryland or Virginia is going to murder this team. Then as the game, as the first half kept going, uh, I mean, Brown got some juice. They were able to uh, pretty sure that it was tied at halftime. Um, so, I mean, first half was a, was a really solid, uh, 30 minutes of lacrosse. I was thinking to myself, damn, I can't believe that I doubted myself and told Dukes that now Virginia was going to murder them. And then the second half started. And then that was when the wheels fell off for Brown. That's when Virginia remembered that they're the two-time defending champs, that they have Connor Schellenberger, the other team does not, that they have Matt Moore, the other team does not, that they have P.D. LaSalle, the other team does not. Uh, so they end up pretty sure it was like, what, what was the, the second half score? Like it had to have been. What was it? Eight, eight, nine, nine to half. Yeah. So eight, eight. So nine, nine to two second half run for Virginia. Uh, just a full blown dick kicking in that second half. So 17 to 10 win for the two time defending champs who had to go on the road in the first round. You also got to love what you saw out of noons, the Virginia goalie freshman, you're filling in for road. You're, you're on a big ass stage, Providence, in war territory, you got a lot of alumni getting liquored up before the game for Brown. And, you know, people were chirping Lars for the bringing the 40, 40 people to, to the practice and whatnot. Seems to be, he seems to be okay. Seems to not rattle anybody. I think that that was a little bit overplayed. I think, I think that was, I, I, I just, I just think that that team would have done perfectly fine in that environment without bringing 40 of their buddies to, to a practice. Same, same, like, and I, I think I, Lars like, is just more like, just do anything you can. But second off, I think that, I think that honestly, I thought about this more after we recorded the last episode. I think that like, if like Matt Moore was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you think I'm scared of a bunch of Ivy League guys that graduated in 2006 coming and chirping me on my game? Like I go to, I go to, I go to Arlotta. I get chirped by these Notre Dame guys. Like it's, it's more of a crowd. Like, I think that they think of so highly of the ACC and the ACC atmosphere that they were almost like disrespected that Lars thought that they'd be rattled by the Brown crowd. I mean, that'd be a real galaxy brain move of Lars to be like, I'm going to get them ready for this environment. But my real goal is to piss them off about having to get ready for this environment. Like that's a, that's a big time, like playing chess while everyone else is playing Uno type of move. Yeah, like, you know, Lars went to Brown, so Lars might have, like, a little bit of, like, oh, you don't, you know, I know you guys go to UVA, but the creator really loves Brown, and then we, we go to Brown all the time. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's just a master tactician like that. I mean, he's, he's got to be if he's a two-time defending uh, national champion head coach. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as, as soon as I realized, though, that Connor Schellenberger was going to be on for this game, you, you knew it was over. Um, Peyton Cormier, too, like, I feel like – I feel like like the more Peyton Cormier war, like heats up, the bigger of a dickhead he has to be to play against. Um, like he just scores and then he gets like just this giant shit eating grin on his face. Like every time he scores, uh, I, I know for a fact he's got to be saying just some ruthless shit to the defenders before the next face off. Um, I mean, you, you just like look at him and you're like, how's this guy? just destroying us right now. And he does it game after game after game. Uh, Matt Moore, a, a little quiet in the first half. Um, 
And then there was a moment where he like pulled up. It looked like his like hamstring like tightened up on him or something like that. He was kind of like hobbling around. And I think like at that point, it seemed like he was just like pissed off at the situation. And then from there on, he went off for two goals to assist. Um, but yeah, I mean, just you, you look at how angry that Virginia team played in the second half. And now you have to be worried if you're the one seed Maryland Terps. Even Xander Dixon scored points to the <coughs> ACC patch. So, yeah, Virginia's pissed off. And, I mean, you'd rather be the hunt. We talked about it yesterday. You'd rather be the hunter than the hunted. You, you got embarrassed on national TV in the national championship rematch earlier this year. You know, Maryland still, still wants to obviously beat you because of what happened last year. But Virginia doesn't want to get embarrassed again. And I feel like they think that they are just as good as Maryland. I mean, also, it, can we just – I got I to gotta shout out – Scotty Bauer for maybe the pole goal of the century. That was a Ripper Rooney to the top left. Just uh, a just a sidearm, like just you you knew that that ball. Well, one you hardly had a chance to wait for that ball to leave the stick and hit the back of the net. But like as soon as he wound up from that spot right there, like you're like, oh fuck, here comes a splash mountain. Um, yeah, it's just funny. Like Donna's whole plan to screw over the ACC. Donna's whole plan to, to punish the ACC for getting rid of their conference tournament and like just saying, okay, we're going to load this tournament up with Ivies. ACC, sure, we'll give you Virginia, but we're going to make Virginia go on the road. Like that whole plan to screw over the ACC is going to backfire tremendously when you now have given the ACC and Virginia that much disrespect. Like this was like Virginia, they're two time defending national champions and you win two in a row. At some point, like, it's got to be a, a little hard to get up to try to win that third in a row. Like, hungry dogs run faster, and Virginia has been feasting for, for years at this point, right? So they're not, they're not starving. They're not hurting right now. The last thing that anyone needed to give them was, was to take away a little bit of food from them, right? Now that appetite's starting to build again. You, you, may, you send them on the road. You say, listen, your conference stinks, you're the only team getting in here, and that's a courtesy to you guys. You don't get to host the game. Your conference is terrible. You guys lost to Richmond. Have fun traveling up to Providence. And now they look starving. Now they look hungry for blood. Um, so tough, tough break for Donna. And you already know that I think if Tillman had the chance and you could, you could be like, hey, coach, you get, you get one team that you don't have to play until you get to the semifinals, who, who is it going to be? I think he'd choose Virginia over the field. He'd want to play anybody else besides Virginia. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I think that Maryland got shafted. I think Virginia got shafted. And I think us as fans got shafted that we, we can't see this on Memorial Day weekend on the biggest stage. So, like, I, they're, like, they're, nobody clearly, watches the fucking, they're clearly the two best teams in the country. It's not even close. It's Yale, also just Yale's ridiculous. fine. Yale's a good, Yale's a good team. Penn's fine. Fu- Princeton's fine. Princeton's a good team. Penn's fine. Penn's a good team. It is not even close how much better Maryland and Virginia is than the rest of the country. It's, not even close. And, and like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like I was like, I never like was like openly against like Georgetown as a two seed. So maybe this is just 2020 hindsight for me, but like, I also never looked at Georgetown as a team that was like, yeah, they're, they're a real, championship contender they could really give maryland a run for their money so no. like, 
No, never. I, I've yeah. been saying it. I've been saying it since the beginning of the year with Georgetown. I said, look, yeah, they're good. They're on paper. They're probably a top three team in the country. I never ranked them two. No matter how many losses Virginia had, I always ranked Virginia two. My whole entire point with Georgetown was Kevin Warren hasn't proven to do shit in the tournament. And again, he has proven to do shit in the tournament. This is, they, they have the most talented team, or, or top three talented team in the country. The fact that they lost to Delaware, I mean, look, I said that Delaware could easily win that game. I like them inside the number for that game. Delaware is a very good team. I'm looking forward to that match against Cornell, but Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, it was, it was always going to be Virginia and Maryland. We knew it since the beginning of the season. And the fact that we're going to see it in the quarterfinals at fucking, Col- and fucking Columbus, out of all places. I mean, honestly, good. And that good, stadium good is, sucks for a broadcast. I will say this. It, maybe for the growth of the game, like some kids in Columbus, I actually like the Columbus area for lacrosse. It's like a b- booming area to a degree. It, it, brought, it had a pretty good PLL presence when I went there. So maybe that will get some fans that are like, hey, this is like basically a national championship in our backyard. So let's go. So I'll give Columbus the benefit of the doubt. But but are they playing in the stadium? Because that that is so terrible on the broadcast. It's the same as as Maryland's broadcast. Like it's like just a terrible angle to watch the game. You're so far away. I, I agree. I don't know. I don't know the the answer. I was almost expecting it to be at the Columbus Crew Stadium, but it definitely wouldn't be. No, I don't think it would. They would they would do Which that. Sucks. Um, real quick, I'm, I'm not going to talk about the uh, the game yet because there's one more to get to before then i I believe if if we're doing this chronologically um but i would say the best all right so the best atmosphere for the tournament i i would probably give to brown just because of of that tailgate but like the best aesthetics on uh you know to watch on a broadcast that ruckers field is incredible and the fact yeah. that they don't play there all the time it, i i saw some people saying like yeah like the grass sucks in february march fucking hire some people to figure that out and get it together for February or March, because the fact that they don't play all their games there is a, I mean, that's, that's a travesty. Like that's, that's like New Jersey's Arlotta. I'll say it. Go I'll ahead. Say, I'll say it. If Rutgers play there the entire year, I'd probably have them ranked in the top 10. Oh yeah. I'd be a big Rutgers guy if they played there all year. <laughs> like it would be like when we do the top 10 polls, like Rutgers, Rutgers when they don't play in their shitty football stadium. Yeah, yeah, I would. I would. I would they looked the part yesterday. It looked like they were comfortable on the field. It looked like their cleats were fine. Yeah, I mean that that was a that was a great looking uh, field for a tournament game. Um, we yeah, were Browns- robbed. We were Go robbed ahead. though of an ACC atmosphere, in my opinion. Like I love watching a game at Clockner or at Arlotta. Ar- the, the the tournament games first rounds there are amazing. So I'm still I'm I'll, I don't I'll, I'll be honest. I'll never get over this year. I'll never ever get over this year. Yeah. I mean, so I, well, like I, I already mentioned that the Yale facility is incredible, but there's, yeah. there's not many billion dollar facilities out there. Um, I mean, Penn playing at Penn park was, was, I, I think a lot better than uh, I mean, they typically play at Franklin field here in Philly yeah. and it's like, it's a, it's a historic venue, but I, I still don't think it's that great for a broadcast. Um, yeah, so, Penn park was cool. Yeah. It was just rainy. So it was, it was tough to really gauge. I think it was pretty uh, packed. Yeah, I mean, it definitely definitely looked like a solid crowd. It just I saw some alumni couldn't even get in. They're watching on the fences. 
or maybe maybe they were watching it on the fences, probably because they Those probably the couldn't bring yeah, probably couldn't bring booze into the 200, venue. Two hundred IQ play. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, so that was the Saturday slate of games, uh, <coughs> and then we roll into Sunday. So we, I mean, we saw uh, Virginia punch their ticket to the quarterfinals, and then we started off on Sunday at noon, and uh, not really much to say. Maryland was Maryland. I mean, they they were always going to kick the shit out of Vermont. Um, but this was one that was just complete and total massacre. Maryland, Maryland. It's just Maryland lacrosse, <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, so then the two thirty game, which really didn't get going until like three ten, three fifteen. uh, Cornell and Ohio state again, big one, big one for Donna. This was, I, I really, I would actually love to know how many games Donna actually watched this weekend. I would venture to say zero because she doesn't give a shit about lacrosse. Um, but Cornell and Ohio State, Ohio State got off to a you know pretty solid start. It was what, like it was four nothing at one point. Uh, then CJ Kerr scored, and then CJ Kerr scored again. And then Ohio State was like, please, God, can you please send us a, a stroke of lightning right now so that we can kind of slow this animal down? Uh, so we had another delay after that second CJ Kerr goal. Play gets going again. And uh, I mean, CJ Curse went on to have five more, and that was obviously the, the clear difference maker. Uh, huge goalie goal in this game, too, Chase yes. Erland. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just something with Cornell and goalie goals in the tournament. So, obviously, we roll back to Tate to what was it, 2014, where uh, Blaze Yurden taking on Cornell. And, you know, we all know how that one goes, probably the most famous goalie goal of all time. Uh, and then this time around, Cornell. They were on the on the giving end, and Chase Erland just a full field bomb against a ten man ride. A little bit of de- deflection, um, but luckily it seems like it, it deflected off the Ohio State goalie stick. So goal gets credited to Chase. Uh, but yeah, this was I mean this was just the CJ Curse game though. Yeah, CJ Curse was an animal. I, I I I was very very impressed by his game. Piatelli I think always shows up and said that it, it was a shock that. He wasn't picked up by a PLL team yet. I think Hugh Keller is an amazing athlete for Cornell who has a bright future for that program. But yeah, I, I think Donna really shit the bed here. She looked like a real big idiot. Think, look, do you, would you say that Notre Dame beats Cornell? So I, like, I was watching these games and all I could think about was just how great a Cornell versus Notre Dame game would be and how great a Rutgers versus Duke game would have been. Um, you could flip-flop, though. You could do Rutgers-Notre Dame. You could do Cornell. They both Duke. would have like, won. Yeah. They both uh, would have won. Duke and Notre Dame both would have beat either Cornell or Rutgers. I, I want to say yes. And I'm yeah. going to say yes. Me too. Yeah, I, I, don't, I really – there's no doubt. There's actually no doubt in my mind. I, I would be – so the, the Cornell-Duke matchup – would be interesting with, 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 well, I mean, you, you, so you get, uh, you get Gavin against, um, Gavin against, uh, Brandon Brandon? O'Neill, like three and two. Yeah. (laughs) I'd give, yeah. I don't know. I think Brandon, I think Brandon also got a little bit shafted for the towards on. I I feel like he's legitimately, he came in as like the LeBron James lacrosse recruits puts up like ridiculous numbers. And it's like, well, we expected a little bit more. So is he the Bubba Fairman of lacrosse recruits? Might just be. Um, he, might, he might be D-mini next year. 
No, but I mean, he did have those like stretch of game. Like he, he would go quiet against teams that like he knew the spotlight wasn't on. Like if, if it wasn't like a nationally televised, yeah. like yeah. primetime game, like there, there were some times where he was, he was a little quiet throughout the season. Um, I thought that at one point he had a push for the tour time, but obviously not getting in hurt and kind of died there, especially that Notre Dame loss. Um, yeah. But again, I mean, credit to Ohio State a little bit. Like, I mean, good, good program. Like Jack Myers, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of him. Um, I mean, just, just love the way, like, big guy dodges two hands on his stick the whole time. So he can just, like, br- you can just bully through defenders without getting called for a ward. So I think, like, he's a, he's, he's a guy who I think, um, you know, if, if you're a if, if you're a larger offensive player in high school, like you should probably watch the way that he plays. Um, just keep that second hand on your stick the whole time and just like throw vicious elbows at your defender on your way through and no one can bitch at you for warding. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I oh, dude, that one the one um, curse goal with the uh, with the Lachardi, uh flick. Yeah. So that that might have been like a sixth or seventh of the yeah, day. Yeah, it was right towards um, the end. Yeah, I mean that that was that was one of the nastier goals of the. I'd say the nastiest goal of the first round was probably that Mike Robinson behind the back for Delaware. To, Easily. Um, but down that, two. But yeah, but that Lachardi flip uh, pass to Kirst was also all time. Um, yeah, I love Lachardi. Moving on to uh, from one curse brother to another. So I actually did. So I mentioned this on the uh, on the live stream, um, but I was interested to know what the curse family, uh, what their travel schedule would be like for this past weekend, where they have one son playing at Rutgers and they had another son playing in Ithaca, um, you know, where where the mom and all the brothers where they would be attending. Um, but it turns out that everyone or at least for the most part uh, made it over to Rutgers to watch uh, Colin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus. There's too many. There's too, too many. many. They're too all many C's. C's. Too many C's, too many coasts. Colin, Connor, Cole, CJ. I mean, CJ is easy to remember just because it's not like a CO. Um, but yeah, so to watch Colin, which, I mean, it could have been, in theory, it could have been his last game at Rutgers. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a winner. You go home situation, but I, I don't think that there's anyone besides maybe you who thought that Harvard would have a chance in this one. And I don't really think that you truly believe that either. I just think that, that the, the built up Rutgers hatred that we've had throughout the season, I, I think you just didn't want to, you said you didn't want to sell out and pick them. Look between me, you and the, the top 100 podcast listeners are, are, are fans out there. I'll let you guys in on a little, on a little secret. All right. Come close to the year. Every single game in this tournament, no matter how far Rutgers goes, I'm not taking Rutgers. That's a promise. That's a Duke's guarantee. You can take it to the bank. No matter, but yes, I realistically, if I was, if I cared about my picks, if I cared about like my record on the picks, and I wasn't going for some risky ones, yeah, like I'd, I'd probably take, probably take, probably would have taken Rutgers. I also didn't know they were playing on that field. Yeah. Okay. So that was a little dirty of Rutgers to not make that. Like they should have probably tweeted out like a, a picture of that field on like a Wednesday 
Um, just just to let the people know. Me, I didn't know that they had an Arlotta like an Arlotta esque setup. I didn't know. But, wait, but what you did know is that they have Ross Scott, and he had Stud. eight goals on the day. Um, I mean, just shifty as could be, an absolute menace for the majority of uh, you know teams out there to try to figure out a matchup against him. Obviously. When you go to a Maryland and Rutgers gets their ass kicked twice, maybe Ross Scott isn't as much of a of a difference maker. But in a game like we saw on Sunday, where you know you're not going up against two different like all these All American polls, um, I mean he can have his way with you and then some. So little eight goal performance out of him, definitely feeling himself. Um, Cursed had how, how many saves did he have on the day? And I had like a uh, sixty plus percent save percentage. Let me check. Yeah, uh, so, seventeen I mean, saves, sixty five percent save percentage. He had a fucking day and a half. He looked he looked appeal like a PLL goalie. He just got drafted. Looked looked the part to play in the league, but something I thought I thought Mitch Bartolo looked great yesterday. Same with Brian Cameron. Look, I've been a Rutgers hater all year. Um, if they're, I feel like if they're ever going to break through, it's now. So there's a lot of storylines going into next week that we'll touch on next episode. But one of them is definitely Mitch going up against his former squad in Penn and his twin tower and uh, Sam Hanley. But in the other hand, I just want to press this to the viewers that if you think that Penn has a favorable matchup against Rutgers and you think that, hey, they maybe should have gotten like the Virginia seating. Well, let me let you in on a little secret. This woman named Donna, who's on the selection committee, she went to Penn. And she's actually looking to become a athletic director at an Ivy League school. If you're wondering which Ivy League school, it's actually her alma mater, Penn. So funny, funny, funny coincidence. Some might say. Um, Tom Foolery is a foot. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. You can't get fooled again. Can't get fooled again. Um, I mean, what you need in the tournament, you need a you need a quality face-off guy you need a great goalie and you need some guys who can sling the ball in the back of the net um i mean you also, Rutgers, need, you also Rutgers, need someone you also need someone that's on the selection committee that goes you need, you need <laughs> sorry. On the selection committee. <laughs> sorry but i mean Rutgers, they they did it by committee at the face-off x uh you know they lost not many the whole day uh i mean obviously they have a great goalie and then when you have Ross Scott and, uh, and Mitch Bartolo leading the way offensively, that makes you a dangerous team. Um, but this is where my, my quick affair with Rutgers comes to an end because I will be going heavy on the Quartiac Quakers uh, on this weekend's matchup. But pretty good win for Rutgers, all things considered. Um, also, for the Cursed family, it's, it's I mean, it would have been better had things matched up where Rutgers and Cornell were playing in the same venue, but they're on different days. So maybe they can go, uh, I think the first, the first day is at, at, uh, at Hofstra. So the Saturdays at Hofstra and then the Sunday is in, uh, Ohio. So just hot. Yeah. Just get yourself a PJ and, uh, and, and just take off straight from straight from the Island. Look, if they need someone to drive them to LaGuardia, I got you guys. I can drop you guys off at LaGuardia, send you off to Columbus. You guys can get some raisin canes out there. Do a couple goalie challenges along the way. Oh, Connor, I'd fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so Rutgers gets the win there, and then that brings us to our final game of the weekend. Uh, another one that ended up with a, uh, a, a weather delay. 
uh, which actually I'm, I'm very thankful for the weather delay that uh, stopped Georgetown and Delaware from kicking off when it was supposed to, uh, because that gave me some time to check in on that bandits Toronto rock game. And Holy fuck. The bandits are just, I mean, it's just a highlight reel every single time they put the ball in the back of the net. So big time bandits guy over here. Uh, but when that game, when that game finally got going, uh, Georgetown, the Hoyas looking to, I mean, they're, they're the two seed. They're looking to kind of make that, turn that corner, right? They were, uh, I mean, they got embarrassed in the quarters last year. They had some uh, hashtag unfinished business to, to get to. And boy, oh boy, did they drop the ball on their home field as the CAA champs, the Blue Hens of University of Delaware came into town and I mean, but there, there's there's not much to say. I mean, this was a team where we we saw them in that win over Robert Morris. They looked great. Offense was clicking. They looked really solid. Goalie looks great. Owen Grant, future Syracuse defenseman, looked great. Um, and then you know, a lot of people out there, the upset alert was definitely on. Um, and you know the sirens were buzzing just a little bit, right? It's kind of like when you go to sleep and you don't want to put your ringer at full volume, but it's still there a little bit. Um, so the upset alert was, you know, a half, half volume there and they come out Mike Robinson, huge game out of him. Obviously we mentioned that, uh, that behind the back goal, uh, drew Lankitis, big, big game out of him. Pretty sure. I want to say he's a Philly guy too. So that would make a whole lot of sense. I think he's a, I, don't know, I could be wrong about that, but I think he's from Unionville. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Delaware getting it done, shocking the world, dropping the number two seed Hoyas. Were you shocked? No, 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 not shocked. Um, I, I, said- I think I, I think I mentioned on the podcast last week, I definitely picked Georgetown to win, but I, I was high on Delaware saying that they're going to like, that it's going to be significantly closer than, what I thought people would imagine. Now it turns out maybe some people thought that Delaware was going to win regardless. Um, I thought it was going to be a game, but I still picked Georgetown to win though. I liked the other upsets better. Like I liked Richmond over Penn and I liked Joe's over Yale was not shocked in the slightest that Delaware won. I took the points, but I'm a little pissed off that I didn't take money line. But look, if you're looking at Georgetown's schedule and people are like, well, they played, you know, they played Princeton. They lost a close one. They beat Penn, they beat Notre Dame, they beat Richmond, all these teams. But, you look at their schedule a little bit deeper. Then you get to the Big East, and the Big East stinks. And from, from, from March 19th onward, their best teams were like Utah, Denver, and Nova. I mean, and then you're even looking a little bit deeper, and you start looking at who made the tournament. Okay, Penn made the tournament. That was a 10-8 win for Georgetown. Princeton made the tournament. That's a 10-8. That's a 10-8 victory for Princeton. So they're one and one against tournament teams entering the tournament. And then they had the 16-11 win over Notre Dame. So really, could you have looked at Georgetown and like, did, they, did we give them the benefit of the doubt too much for their early season success against teams that we just suspected to make the tournament? Um, yeah, I mean, I listen, I, I think that oh, Georgetown... Oh, Richmond, Richmond too, sorry about that. It's a two and one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Georgetown for sure benefited from playing in a dog shit Big East. Um, you know, they, they had that one blemish on their resume, so it, it's kind of hard to not put them in that spot just based off of, like, what they've done on paper. 
I think watching them play or watching at least other teams play, I don't think that you can make the case for the eye test that they're the second best team in the nation. But I mean, when you just look at like what they've done on paper and as Big East champs, like I get putting them there. Um, but I mean, it, it, it just showed uh, in, in this game. And you know when it really showed that they're not that team, that they're not like a just a, a dog program that's looking to really ascend to the top of the mountain uh they they took a timeout with like i don't know maybe there was like a little under a minute left or maybe somewhere like right around a minute left um so they took a timeout and right out of the timeout they just run the ball through x they go to just transfer it from behind the cage and i I forget who it was and i don't want to shout him out because i'm sure that it's a pretty pretty low point in his career but just like doesn't catch the ball like unforced turnover didn't have anyone in his hands didn't have anything like the ball just hit a stick and he didn't catch it ball goes out of bounds gives it to Delaware like that's a that's a moment of the game where if you are a top tier program filled with a bunch of guys who are like ready to take that jump to be a team that shows up in May I mean you got to be able to catch and throw like that's like asking the bare minimum um so the the fact that yeah at the at the very least um, so that, yeah, that, I mean, that was a moment where it's just like, all right, you know what, maybe, maybe we've all been bamboozled a bit by the Hoyas. I, I, I mean, it's obviously hindsight's 2020, but yeah, it seems like we all, we all did. I also, I'm pretty sure that I said that I thought Georgetown had the worst draw. I mean, I said Maryland because of like, I suspected Virginia to win. You thought I called it a little too early. I still don't think I called it early enough. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think Georgetown did get hosed for. I I think Delaware, like, I don't even know. I think Georgetown beat some of the teams that like were ranked higher than Delaware. I, I yeah, I think I mean you gave Georgetown BU in that performance that they gave Princeton, on like, Saturday. Yeah, like it's just there's just uh, I, I see like three teams and I'm like oh yeah Georgetown probably beats them because yeah, it, like but, it's also Georgetown doesn't sleep on them as much probably. Like if yeah. you play like Ohio State or like Harvard, like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think I don't know. I, I think if you watch if, if if you were watching film ahead of this matchup and you saw 81 on Delaware and, and you look at what Owen Grant is bringing to the table, like I, I think that you had to know, like, all right, listen, like we need our guys to be on because he's going to be a menace all over the field. Like he's going to be a menace defensively. Every time the ball's on the ground, he immediately jumps up in transition. Um, whether he's he's leading the rush or as the trailer, like he's always getting involved offensively in transition. Um, so, and and then I mean, you look at some of the guys that they're bringing on offense, like a uh, you know, like a Mike Robinson or like a Ty Kers, and like you see what those guys do, JP like P. Ward. Yeah, I mean JP Ward, the huge huge goal there with eight seconds left to win the game. Um, I mean, maybe like I don't think. I don't know. I, I guess, yeah, like you're looking, okay, yeah, they won the CAA. Yeah, they beat Robert Morris. They played a play-in game. We're the two seed. Like we're going to – we'll be fine. Like let's just focus on the quarterfinals. I'm sure that there was like a little bit of that involved. Um, but if that's the case, like that's just – I mean, a lot of that's just like coaching and building a program that's like – because Maryland doesn't do that, right? Maryland plays against shitbag teams in the Big Ten all the time. What do they do? crush them by like 15 goals Mar- maryland you don't think that maryland was 
Yeah. You they're Villanova basketball, Maryland. <clears throat> they, they don't fucking lose the first round. They never get upset. They're not like, you know, Duke can hiccup against Lehigh. Maryland does not hiccup. They never lose the first round. So, yeah, that's just the difference between them and the rest of the field. Yeah, like you don't think that Maryland was looking at Vermont as like a, yeah, we're going to win this game, like whatever. Like it's not like they saw, okay, we're going to play Vermont. We're going to easily just beat them. We don't have to show up. And then they like accidentally find themselves in a dogfight with Vermont in like late in the third quarter. And they're like, fuck, like we actually kind of have to figure this out or else we might lose. It's like, no, we're going to be up by 12, like before you can even blink. I, the one question really exiting this game, you know, big, big win for the Blue Hens program, big win for Ben DeLuca, former <clears throat> Cornell coach. So that'll be a fun matchup next week against his former squad. But you just got have to wonder what jersey number will Owen Grant, Owen Grant wear for the orange next year. You think Spelina gives him 22? I mean, you have to wonder. <laughs> I mean, I'm dead serious. You have to wonder. I think Owen Grant realistically is. I don't, I don't want to say anything too. Yeah, I'll say it. I think he's probably the first defender, first two defender taken off the board next year in the PLL draft. Oh, yeah. Absolute beast. Again, he, I mean, he's a massive individual. He's huge, and he, and he gets the ball up and down in transition. Like, the, those are the guys that thrive in the PLL. And the CAA also, I, I always have thought that the CAA was underrated to a degree. I think a lot, a lot of times, you know, you see these one, the one scene rarely, I feel like, makes the CAA like exits the CAA as a champion of, of that tournament. You know, you got like Drexel as a three seed beating like Hofstra. You got like Fairfield, you know, there's always just a little bit of chaos in that CAA tournament. So teams always get fucked. Like the CAA is chippy as shit. Um, you know that you have to wake up against the CAA team when you play them. So yeah, I think that's kind of on, you know, I'm going to call out the Georgetown, Georgetown staff for not getting their boys ready. Besides Jack Rowlett, I'll never Besides say Jack bad, Rowlett. I'll never that. say a bad word about Jack Rowlett, but the rest of the staff. I'm not going to call this guy out, but I will give hints that he used to work at Barstool and his Twitter handle might be JDM. And he might think that Bubba Fairman is overrated, <laughs> but he, he texted Rowlett on before the game. And he said, Hey, good luck. But I doubt you guys need it. Kiss of death. Kiss, Kiss of, of death. death. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, really, really excited for Delaware. Um, I mean, anyone who remembers that run that they went on in, in 2007, um, you know, de- definitely good to see, you know, a, a team that's we're not typically used to seeing in the quarterfinals make it this far. So, uh, I mean, again, not a ton of intrigue in the first round of the tournament. I think everyone who you would mostly expect to win got the job done. Uh, besides Delaware throwing a nice little wrench into it. So happy for the blue hens. And I mean, listen, they, they've, they've got it. They've got a good setup. Um, this kill carry kid and in, in cage for Delaware, pretty, pretty solid stopper of the ball. Um, he's going to have to figure out a, a way to do it that Ohio state wasn't able to do against CJ curse. So um, just know at any, anytime 15 has the ball in a stick, it's probably coming your way and it's going to be coming in hot. But if you can make a few stops there, Maybe, uh, I mean, maybe Owen Grant can kind of bully him around a little bit. Then you got to watch out for Piatelli, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not, uh, obviously yeah, we'll do the, the, we'll do the quarterfinal preview show coming out on Friday, but I, I think I can really talk myself into a, another Blue Hens run here. Yeah. And, you know, I think that the Barstool Sportsbook might have some lines out, hopefully. I saw that we have Maryland, Virginia out already. Soft, soft, At, or- well, hold up. 
Okay, you go go with what you're saying real quick. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna, so George, so for the Barstool Sportsbook, we have the PLL future lines up. I saw that we already have the Maryland Virginia game up. Virginia opened up as an early four and a half point underdog. That was what I was going to say. So you know, right off the bat, I like that. I'm starting to look at the Delaware money line for sure. And there's that added that added chip to Ben DeLuca playing his former squad. So that's definitely something to be eyeing down. Did he cross when? over? With Busey, by the way, that that's that's what I'm looking up right now. Is is when did when did he head over to uh when when did he go to Delaware? I feel like that was like I want to say like fifty. I don't know. Could be wrong about that. Um, first season, twenty seventeen. So he went there. So he so definitely he, he definitely crossed over with Busey. Yeah. So, I mean, now, now you've got the, the mentor and the mentee, the, yeah. I mean, you've, you've got the, the old bull and the young calf. I think that, I mean, this is, this is a big time. I, you know what? Like, I think that this is a moment where it's like, I don't think you can win that first, that first matchup against your old, your old mentor, but it's kind of like how like Nick Saban just like beats the balls off of all of his former assistants until, um, Till this past year, like mm. I, I, I think that Busick has to lose this one to Ben DeLuca, and then maybe the next time that they play, then he then he finally. So I'm I'm eyeing it. I'm eyeing it. Yes. Wait. I'm trying to see. All right. So yeah, they they crossed over probably at one point. So I saw 2015. That it says Milliman was the head coach, but I'm not sure if he was interim. So I'm going to go to 2014 really quick. Bad rate. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. So maybe he was assistant coach Milliman. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. They definitely crossed over then. Yeah. I mean, they definitely crossed over. This is a. They crossed paths once or twice. Yeah. At at the very least, they're seeing each other at, you know, I mean, did did DeLuca play there at all? Yes. He did. So he. All right, so yeah, I mean, then they'll uh, then they'll they, they cross paths at alumni games. Oh yeah, at the, I mean, at, the you, at the very least. Do you think Deluca goes back to those alumni games? Uh, yeah. I, hmm. I don't know. You what? You let them basically to a national, like right on the cusp of a national championship. Oh, I'm I, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, yeah, I, I would definitely go back to play. If I was Ben DeLuca, he still looks like he's in pretty pretty solid shape. He could probably get out there and, and throw it around a bit uh, for 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 an older fellow. But uh, but yeah, so yeah, real. That's a lot of that's a really interesting matchup uh, this weekend. Obviously, the biggest matchup of next weekend is is going to be what should have been the national championship game. We should have been getting this on Memorial Day. Instead, we're getting it on May twenty second. Um, but I mean, that, that Saturday slate of games is fan-fucking-tastic with Maryland, Virginia, Delaware, Cornell. Um, Sunday games also also fine, but that Saturday game, is, that Saturday slate is incredible. Uh, anything else from this past week on the men's side of things? I, I know that there are a couple big moments in the ladies' tournament, but any, before we get to that, anything from the, from the fellas? No. Just Donald giving softballs to the Ivy League. That's it. That's my last comment on that woman. Mm, for now, we're going to keep commenting next, as, 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 as the tournament gets going. 
uh, or it keeps going. Um, yeah, on the on the lady side of things, quick shout out to Charlotte North. She becomes the all time leader in career goals and uh, D one with her three hundred and forty second goal. Uh, happened pretty early in that game against Boston College. Pretty sure it was the first goal of the game, maybe, or uh, either way, pretty early on in that game. So she gets the career number 342. Um, not much more to say about Charlotte North that hasn't been said already. Just um, total demon. Career goal scorer, sure. Scared to face Dukes in the goalie challenge, definitely. Um, ghosts, crickets. And I, I start seeing people like, oh, I saw Dan tweet it, oh. Dude, scared to the goalie challenge against Charlotte North. Absolutely fucking not. I'm scared. I'm scared that I'm going to be called a sexist after I save every single one of her shots. And people are going to say that I don't support women's rights and anything. So that's what I'm scared of. But I know that for a fact, Charlotte North doesn't want to face this beast after seeing my performance against Will Perry. I think that the scariest thing about what we saw in this game uh, for uh, Boston College over Denver so that goal that she broke the record with, she did. She went low corner. And I feel like your biggest saving grace for a goalie challenge would be the fact that it seems like every time she lines up from the eight meter, she's just looking to massacre those top corners. And I would say to you, like, okay, like just put your stick yeah, we, up to, yeah. one of, to one of the corners and you have a 50% chance of stopping it because she's going to paint one of them. The fact now that she's staying in those low corners that goes against you pretty violently, especially because she, if she does the goalie challenge, she might watch the tape and realize that um, those, those low shots aren't your, your forte. I also know that she's definitely not listening to this. So I'll just, I'll just say it. She's going to try to embarrass me. If anything, she's going to hear all the shit that I'm talking and she's going to want to blow it by me. It would be weird for a girl to go low on me too. Cause like, just like the way that it comes off their stick would probably throw me off a little bit. So I would just expect it high every time. But yeah, I used to get shot on by the girls. That's how like, like the girls across him, I used to let them shoot on me. So I kind of, I kind of know what I'm doing. I mean, they were how, like, many of the, how many of them, how many of them have 342 career goals in D1? One was the number four recruit in the country, but yeah, she, right. didn't have, she played defense. <laughs> well, um, any, any chance you went to North Carolina? Syracuse. The right, well, I mean, yeah. So, so, I mean, Syracuse, they, they got to win. Um, good for Kayla trainer. Kayla trainer has the best hats by the way, in college across, as far as coaches go. Um, just wanted to give a quick shout out to that. Also uh friend of the program and, and recurring guest, uh, Kenzie Ken also part of that uh, coaching staff. So great for Syracuse getting themselves going into the quarterfinals here. But yeah, I mean that UNC team just putting an ass kicking on Virginia, um, I mean, North, North Carolina women, Maryland men, just two, uh, total machines. Yeah. And then you look in the men's, the top second best team, easily Virginia. And I think with the women's, the second best team is easily, easily, uh, BC, but you know, Stony Brook versus UNC, we could probably talk about it a little bit next episode, but that'll, that'll be a great game. Spelina's like another, like. Stony Brook's a great program, and that, that, yeah, I, I know mean, I know UNC probably doesn't want to face them. Yeah, I mean Spolina seems like a guy who uh, really gets the ladies uh, fired up and but like just seems like a total players coach. So um, can't imagine that they're. I mean, 
North, North Carolina is probably going to be in quite a battle for that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, Boston College, they also, what they do better than any other team in the nation is they just, they get credit for goals that never actually went in the net. Yeah, that was ridiculous. So uh, if, if, if anybody is listening right now uh, and you didn't see it, it's, you, you can look it on. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 on, uh, it's on Twitter, but, um, you know, a little bit later in the game, Boston College right on the doorstep. This girl comes in, a little right hand, almost looks like a twister finish. Uh, but she puts it right outside of the left pipe ball ends up like on the back of like on the side of the net. So maybe like it's, it's, it's a mom goal for sure. So like if you're a mom in the stands or if you're a dad in the stands, it's 2022 dads can also get fooled by mom goals. Um, you know, if, if, if you're a fan in the stands, like maybe there's a chance that you would like stand up and cheer for it for about like three seconds before you realize, Oh shit, it's not actually in the net. Well, so not only did this ball not go in the net, not only did it land on the side, but the refs then go. So they call it a goal. They have to walk over. They have to pick up the ball on the side of the net. They have to realize that there's not a hole in the net. And then they still have to come to the conclusion that somehow miraculously, despite all the odds, despite whatever physics tell you um, about what's possible in this realm of reality, that that ball was in the back of the net they still go ahead and call it a goal. Um, it would have been a, a huge controversy had Boston college won that game by one. Um, but they still had a bit of a cushion there, but I mean, tough break for the, for the Pios if you're looking at goal differential for sure. Yeah, that was, I'll, I'll add it to the YouTube. That was one of the most BS calls of all time. And it's, it's a reason why we should have instant replay in the iPads in use to, for like, to make sure that shit like that doesn't happen. There was no hole in the net, but absolutely preposterous i think that mark emmett or donna was behind this um those are the only two people i'll ever place blame on for for moving forward i would love to know like what the rationale was behind the ref for like was it just like pure like mailing it in like i want to get the fuck out of here like i got some shit to do like maybe i've got like I've, I've got my niece's graduation party to get to. Let's just get out of here. Or was it like she realized that it wasn't in the net, but she was like so embarrassed that she called it a goal in the first place that she just doubled down on it. And she was like, hopefully they won't catch me. Um, would, would definitely love to know like the oral history behind that call. Out of my pay grade. Yeah. Or maybe refs are just terrible. Um, but yeah, yeah. so. Yeah. Pretty- yeah. It's always yeah. the ref's fault. I love it. Like it's always the ref's <laughs> fault or Donna's. You fucking Donna. Um, but yeah, so I, all, all the top eight seeds uh, moved on for the ladies' side of things. And almost all the top eight seeds, well, I mean, seven of, of the seeds moved on from the men's. Um, realistically, Virginia should have been a seed of team. So um, Donna, good, good call on that one. And then Delaware knocking off Georgetown. Overall, a perfectly good weekend to start off the tournament. Could it have been better? Absolutely. But now we've only got, I mean, what, what do we have? We have four, six, seven games left in the 2022 division one men's lacrosse season, seven games, folks. That's all. Obviously we get to roll it right into the PLL action. So it's not like, um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be hurting for, for lax for the next few months. But still, if you're a fan of college ball, you've got seven left. So yeah. soak them all in. I'm a walking PLL advertisement right now. Just a PLL sweatshirt, water dogs hat. Um, 
I don't know. I I mean, we'll, we'll get more into this, but it, it's kind of crazy. I don't, I might be more of a PLL guy, which I know we'll, we'll, we'll have a debate at one point about, but I love the way like this time of year, I start getting pumped for the PLL. Um, I like the way that it rolls right after Memorial Day weekend into the PLL season. It keeps the bug. P- PLL is definitely, it's a, it's a little easier to follow with all the games just being on the weekend. Like you don't have to like keep For up sure. with like some like random, like Tuesday afternoon games at like four where you're like, Oh shit, I didn't even realize that they're playing. And then, um, you know, so, and obviously there are also like fewer teams to follow. So it's easier to stay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's also, ever, it's also great ahead. now that they're doing the two games a weekend. So like what I used to do is like, if I went out on a Friday night, and I couldn't watch a game. I'd watch it on Sunday and I just like play it back, which now it's like, they don't even have the Sunday games anymore or like they don't have a Friday game. So they're, like just, they're just doing two days. So I, I love that for the PLL. I think that the three day weekends, which is a little bit too long. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can definitely see that. Um, and plus everything will be right there on ESPN. So you're already following it along with, uh, with the college game. You're, you should already be following it with the NLL game. Uh, it'll be right there for the PLL. Uh, but yeah, so Coming down to the final couple weekends of the season, we will be back on Friday with our quarterfinal preview show. Make sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel as we will be getting another live stream going for that Sunday, uh, that that 2.30 game with, wait, yeah, so the Sunday 2.30 game with Maryland and Virginia. Uh, Make sure that you're also just subscribed to the YouTube channel regardless for the crease dive there. Make sure that you are following us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at the crease dive on both. And in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high till the day we die. We out. Surprise, surprise, I travel the